0: Peace and rest be yours through the knowledge of the grace of God, friend. Amen. What a set of readings for my first Sunday as your pastor. Let's go back to the first verse of my sermon reading again. That's from our Old Testament reading, Jeremiah chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. God isn't talking about literal shepherds tending literal sheep in that verse. He's talking about the leaders of his Old
1: Testament people, Israel. Kings, the elders, the prophets, the priests, who are abusing and neglecting the people whom God had called them to serve.
0: Jeremiah chapter 23, which comes coincidentally just before Jeremiah chapter, or Jeremiah chapter 22, which comes just before Jeremiah 23, makes that clear for us. You go back to the beginning of that chapter, and you have God calling his prophet Jeremiah to preach an angry message to those leaders. Jeremiah chapter 22 from verse 1, God says to Jeremiah, Go down to the palace of the king of Judah and proclaim this message there. Hear the word of the Lord to you, king of Judah, you who sit on David's throne and your officials. I swear by myself that this palace will become ruin. And now in this morning's reading, Jeremiah chapter 23, God has his prophet continuing to speak against, to prophesy against
1: these leaders who were abusing, neglecting his people. The picture that's used throughout these verses, that picture of God's people and their
0: leaders as a flock being cared for by shepherds, it's so clear, it's so helpful that today we actually use the word shepherd as the title for leaders of God's people. That's what pastor means, shepherd. Right? You hear the word pastor, you hear it's related to the word pasture, where a shepherd feeds the flock. It comes from the Latin. Pastor was just the word in Latin for shepherd. And if you go to Spanish, in fact, which today comes pretty much directly from Latin, there's only one word for pastor or shepherd. It's pastor. Maybe that was a little bit too, uh, too deep of a dive into word history, etymology, that kind of thing for you on a Sunday morning. But I figure my first Sunday here as your pastor, it's only fair for me to get to tell you a little bit about myself. And something that's going to come out in today's message is that I love language, words, etymology, this kind of stuff I just can't get enough of. When I was in high school, I took a year of German, two years of Latin, three years of Spanish. Then in college, I took four more years of Spanish six months of which I spent studying abroad, learning Spanish. I took four years of Greek also, took two years of Hebrew. And then when I got to seminary, man, I just loved it. I got to take four more
1: years of Hebrew, Greek, and Spanish to prepare to be your pastor. Loved it. Loved language. I loved words. Let me tell you this morning, as we continue getting into this text, about two
0: Hebrew words Very interesting words that show up in this text here. This message to those wicked and lazy pastors of God's people. The first one, actually two words, a phrase here. I'm going to ask you if you're feeling brave this morning, repeat this Hebrew phrase after me. I'll say it first and then I'll ask you to repeat it. Na'um Adonai. Anybody feeling brave? Say that along with me. Na'um Adonai. Let me show you where that shows up in our text here this morning. It's four times in our text. It's verse 1, 2, 4, and 5. You get this Hebrew phrase, Naum Adonai. Every time you see the words declares the Lord in your bulletins there, that's Naum Adonai. Naum means a, a declaration or a statement. Adonai is an Old Testament name for God. So, Literally, this phrase, Naum Adonai, which we translate there, declares the Lord, it means something like, here is a statement from God.
1: What is it that God is declaring, stating for us here? Back to where we started, verse 1.
0: Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Naum Adonai. Go to verse 2. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. There's Naum Adonai again. Now there in verse 2, again as someone who loves words, loves language, that kind of thing, uh, there's something really funny in that otherwise terrifying message from God to those pastors. It's the second Hebrew word that I want to share with you today. Again. Feeling brave, repeat this one after me. Just one word this time.
1: Pakad. Say that one with me. Pakad. Let me show you where we find that in verse 2. Two times in verse 2.
0: You read the English there, it says, God says, You have not bestowed care on my flock, so I will bestow punishment on you. That word there, bestow, gets used twice. Because the NIV translators into English are trying to show that the same Hebrew word is behind both of those phrases. God's making a pun here. Let me try and translate it another way for you so that maybe you get sort of what God is doing there. He's saying to his, his leaders of Israel, his shepherds, his pastors, because you didn't take care of
1: my people, I'm going to take care of you. That's what pakad means take care of someone, to check in on them, to see how they're doing, to see what it is that they need,
0: to ask them, look, is there anything I can do for you? Is there any way that I can help you? What needs do you have that aren't being met right now? If you wanted to sum up that
1: Hebrew word, pakad, in just one word in English, I think a good one would probably be visit. As long as you understand with that, there's this kind of connotation that this is a careful, a loving
0: visit, checking up on someone, making sure that they're okay, making sure that they're doing well, making sure that they have what they need. This is what God says his Old Testament leaders were failing to do. They were not hakadding, visiting, checking in on, making sure that his people were taken care of. We go back to chapter 22 and it makes clear for us exactly what they were doing instead. The kings of Israel, chapter 22, verse 13, were enslaving their fellow Israelites, using them as slave labor to build up massive palaces for themselves at no cost to themselves. 22, verse 17, the nobles of the land, the prophets, the priests, the elders, the other rulers, they were taking innocent people into court and extorting them, extorting bribes from them. These leaders of Israel were using their position, their office, to enrich themselves, to profit themselves. These kings were building up these massive palaces for themselves just the way they
1: wanted them. The expense of God's people. I had to stop and think. As I was studying this text
0: to prepare today's message, I had to stop and think about what it was that those Old Testament kings of Israel were doing
1: to his people. I'm here here is your mission restart, pastor. That means I'm here to do first, to take care of you, to visit, pakkad you, but also to make changes, to restart. And as
0: I considered this text, as I thought about what it was that those old testament kings of israel were doing i had to ask myself what's the motivation behind any change i want to make is it a change that's meant to serve you
1: is it a change that's meant to serve the people that we want to bring into our church or am i coming in here trying to build a palace for myself
0: I face the same temptation that those Old Testament kings of Israel faced because I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We all face this same temptation. We're all tempted to
1: make our church into what we want it to be. Not what others need. That temptation
0: can come from two directions. We can be tempted in stubborn pride, to dig in heels, resist any kind of change, any suggestion that the way that we're currently doing things could be, should be different. We can be tempted in foolish arrogance to come in and think that we know better than everyone else, that we have the solutions, that our ideas, I'll say it, my ideas are the best, the way to go. And as we move forward with our mission here, I'm praying to God every day that he give me wisdom to combat those temptations. We all need to do that. Because what God promises here is that a church that someone builds that's self-serving, a church that someone builds that's meant just to reflect their ego, their preferences, themselves, without thought, to the needs of others, what does God say to those Old Testament kings of Israel about their palace? I swear by myself,
1: That this palace will become a ruin, says God. An empty shell. So what should our church look like? I want to ask you to grab your bulletins. Flip over to the front page. Just look at the illustration that's right there. That picture on the cover there, countryside scene kind of thing, is an
0: illustration of the later verses of our reading. You go to our reading, Jeremiah chapter 23, 4, God says this, after he has made a ruin of those palaces that the kings of Israel had set up, he says, I will place shepherds over my people who will tend them. They will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Both of those Hebrew words we've been talking about show up here in verse 4. Hakad, visit. It's a little harder to see this time because the NIV translators used a different word. But the word behind the phrase, none will be missing, is Hakad. God is saying here, I'm going to give new shepherds, new pastors to my people who will. Hakad, who will visit them. Who will check in on them. Who will make sure that they are cared for. So that none will be missing. So that... All will be gathered together. My house. How does he end that beautiful, beautiful promise? It's that phrase again, naum adonai. Here is a statement from God. Again, looking at that cover picture there. You've got two figures holding staffs. Right? These are pastors, teachers in the church. And they're guiding everyone into the shade, the restful place underneath that tree in the middle of the picture. That tree is referenced for us in verse 5 of our reading. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. The tree there in the picture is the branch that God raised up for David, Jesus our Savior. This picture illustrates for us what God intends our church, any church, to be. This is not going to be a place where I send you home every week with a to-do list for Jesus. This is definitely not going to be a place where I send you home every week with a to-do list for Pastor Walsh. This is what God declares his church, this place and everywhere where his name is proclaimed is going to be. God declares quiet visits, Restful pastures. God declares, this is a place where your soul is going to be fed. This is a place where you're going to be reminded what the grace of God for which we named our congregation is Jesus Christ. He is the grace of God. He is God's loving gift to us. Jesus Christ the son of god eternal king who came down to earth not so that we would build him beautiful palaces just the way that he wanted them he's a king who came to earth to die for you the king who came to earth
1: and told his disciples i didn't come here to be served but to serve to give my life for you That's the grace of God. God declares quiet visits and restful pastures.
0: Quiet visits. That's how my work here at Grace of God is going to
1: begin. Pakad. Visiting you. Getting to know you. Hearing what it is that you need. How I can provide that for you with the word of God.
0: Quiet visits with you. Here at church, quiet visits in your homes. And every member home visit is something I'm going to do so that I can get to know you, who you are as members of God's flock. And did you hear again what it was that those kings of Israel were condemned for doing? Because you didn't visit my people, I'm going to visit you, says God, right? I've got to visit you. I don't want God visiting me
1: like that. And I look forward to those visits. Quiet visits with prospects. Again, as your Mission Restart pastor, I'm wearing two hats here.
0: I'm here to be your pastor. I'm also here to bring new people in. New people who have maybe never set foot in
1: grace of God before. I'm going to visit with them. Get to know them. Hear what it is they need.
0: How we can serve them as an embassy of God here on earth your friends, your family, your neighbors, coworkers,
1: I need you, they need you to introduce me to them. Because they need to know what you know, the grace of God.
0: The beautiful gift of free and full salvation that he gave to us through Jesus Christ, his son.
1: I'm excited to share that news with them. And then, quiet visits to you all, to new people, We'll build restful pastures here. We'll build a place where people can come and get to know
0: Jesus, their Savior, through His Word. Grow ever more deeply rooted in that Word. We'll build a place here where people can come and gather together under that righteous branch raised up for David, Jesus, our Savior. Take refuge in His shade. We'll learn here through God's word, how to weather the storms of life together, we'll be reminded of his promise to never leave us nor forsake us. Promise that he guarantees to you by his resurrection.
1: Promise that you believe by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how my message this morning began. I'll end it with the same blessing. Peace and rest be yours through the knowledge of the grace of God, friends. Amen.